Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. I'm really, really excited to record this episode for you guys today, and it's because it's a conversation that is so needed, and I'm really passionate about this because I have had several calls over the past few days with different you know, people from different angles. So I've talked to people with living with type 1 diabetes. I've talked to um, parents that have T1D kids. I've talked to uh, two social workers and a CDCES. And this topic of stress and anxiety and mindset like keeps coming up. And it is a thread in every single conversation of what, what people are really struggling with. And we can talk about diets and glycemic index and exercise and you know all these surface level things all day long but this is the thing that is going to create the biggest change for you and how you're experiencing your life and the like level of resentment i guess that you have towards your diabetes because if you are stressed and anxious and that's how you're you know, showing up for yourself and for others every single day, like you're going to resent diabetes for that a hundred percent. So if we can address this, then we can reduce that resentment, increase that acceptance and get to a place where we just, we feel better and more empowered and more free. And like diabetes isn't taking things away from us. So today I want to do a short, sweet to the point episode and share the top five like reasons that I see of why so many people with diabetes are struggling with this mental health aspect. And I personally think that the last one that I'm going to share is the biggest issue, but we will get to that. Um, but first I want to share really quick, like I have, you know, come such a long and far away from where I used to be. And it's even sometimes hard to think back to you know, that separate like old Lauren and life that I used to live, but I can, if I like let myself get there, like I was just doing before I pressed record, it's, it was dark. Like it was really, really, really dark and it felt heavy and it felt like I was just stuck in this like mud and I would never be able to get out. And so I, if you're listening and like, that's where you are right now, where you're just not happy with yourself and your body and your health, and you just aren't excited about life and you know, just your potential and your future and these types of things. Like I get it. And hopefully you can have some kind of takeaway from this. Um, I will say that if you would ask me like, well, Lauren, like what was the number one thing that helped change the game for you with your, you know, to, to be able to get to where you are today with how you live with your diabetes, I would say that it was definitely a journey. But the, the initial thing was I, when I was getting into yoga in college, I read a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now. And in it, he talks about the idea of instead of being your thoughts, like watching your thoughts and become aware of them without judgment. And that was something that was like the anchor for me throughout the several years after that of just like getting to a place where I could recognize that 
the thoughts I was thinking and the thoughts that were triggering my habits and my actions, like I couldn't just change the actions and habits without changing the thoughts. So that is a book that I definitely recommend if you're looking to get into more mindfulness and presence and out of a place of, you know, anxiety and stress. But I'm going to give you these five, you know, reasons right here, right now. But keep that in mind as you're going through this. Like, don't judge yourself for, you know, if you find yourself being impacted by one of these, you know, things that I'm going to talk about just be aware of it, right? And then take it from there and say, well, okay, like, well, how can I change this if it's not serving me? So the first thing is the obvious, right? Five reasons why people with diabetes are struggling with mental health. The most obvious is decision overload, right? It's juggling all of the factors and then like waiting for the outcome, right? So you're juggling all the factors of, all right, well, let me take this into account and this into account and what I ate and and what time it is. And if I exercise today and let let me bolus and give myself insulin, but then let me also have this like open loop of guessing or like of waiting for the next two hours to see what my blood sugar is going to be. And that is, that's, that's draining when you have to have that much pressure on yourself and to make the best decision. But there's so many factors that like you have to take into consideration. So You know, if you think about, for instance, I always like paralleling diabetes to other aspects of life. So if you think about thought leaders like um, Albert Einstein or Steve Jobs or former President Obama, um, Mark Zuckerberg, right? They all have talked about wearing the same, pretty much the same outfits each day, maybe changing like one color here and there. And that the driving reason for that is because they don't want to waste brain power on making another decision. So we know in multiple areas of life, right? Like the, the, if we can narrow down the decisions that we have to make, we're going to reduce our overwhelm, which therefore we're going to reduce our anxiety and our stress. So when you're sitting thinking like, I have no idea what to give for this meal and how much insulin and am I going to go low or am I going to go high or is this going to happen or is this going to happen? And this is the possible solution of what I think I should give, right? Like those all are all considerations that are important, but it's a lot, right? And so what I like to say is when you know your body's patterns and you feel confident in your insulin to carb ratios and your correction factors and your, and your basal rates, Basal rates, if you're of course not on like Omnipod 5, because they don't have it yet, they don't have it as part of their algorithm, you know, that helps you reduce that decision overload, right? And so this the the diabetes by nature is always gonna require or try to require that of us, but if we can reduce it down, we can start increasing the predictability of, hey, I've had this meal, I know what it's gonna do to my blood sugars, this is what I need to give, boom, let's move on, right? Instead of the whole open loop of, well, is this the right decision and what's my blood sugars? going to do. Of course, there's always going to be a little of that to a degree, but we want to reduce it by like 85%, right? And that in itself is going to help a little bit with um, feeling feeling less anxious and less stressed and less overwhelmed. So that's the first one. The second one is there is a lot, a lot of reliance and obsession with CGM feedback that I'm seeing. And uh, like even just a recent example, yesterday I was running around New York City, um, just running a bunch of errands. I had to get my eyelashes done. I got my eyebrows waxed. I had to pick up a few gifts and I had to get a spray tan because I'm recording this episode right before my wedding. Um, so this is going to be recorded before my wedding and then it's going to play while I'm on my honeymoon for you guys. But I was getting a spray tan and I walked in at like three o'clock. I was in New York City. I 
you know, come from Long Island, which is about an hour train ride away. And I didn't have my blood sugar meter with me, but I was like, oh shoot, my CGM is on the back of my arm. Like I literally, if they spray tan around this, then I'm going to have to put like my CGM, which I don't want to do like in this exact spot for the wedding, which is in a few days. So let me just take it off. So like I ripped off my CGM and for about four hours after that, like I didn't know what my blood sugar was. And this is of course something that like I don't promote, but like on the way home, like I had glucose tablets, I had water, I had my insulin and I listened to my body's patterns and I even actually on the train gave myself without knowing what my blood sugar was about like 0.6 or 0.7 I think because I felt like I was a little bit high I felt like I was just starting to get a headache that I was like around 200 um I gave myself a little bit insulin and then by the time I got home at like 6 30 I was like 111 or something like that so this you know, reliance on the CGM and this fear of like, oh my gosh, like I can't go without my CGM or um, I need to know what my numbers or the arrows are at all time. Like that's a lot of stimulus. And, you know, how this manifests when we're so reliant on the CGM is we have this stimulus, which makes us anxious because we're just like chasing the arrows. We over respond to the arrows. So it, arrows going up, we're like, oh, got to give myself insulin. And then two seconds later after giving insulin, it like levels out. And then you're like, oh my God, now I have too much insulin on board. That whole thing happens. Um, it also doesn't allow you to give you a space to learn how to trust your body's patterns and how you feel. A lot of times I see that it's taking people away from being present in their life. So they are eating dinner with their spouse or, you know, at a wedding or at an event. And it's like, they're constantly checking their phone. And it's like, you know, the kind of mentality of don't put your, don't weigh yourself. Don't step on a scale every single morning because you're constantly getting feedback. That's going to dictate how you're feeling. And the truth is, is that like, we don't need to be knowing our blood sugar every second of the day, like a good, a good task and a good you know, just challenge for you if this is, you know, applies to you is to take a CGM break, right? Or if that's too much, like turn off your alarms and check it just every two hours. Of course, do it in a safe way. CGMs are incredibly life-saving and I wouldn't recommend doing this on a night if you're like, you know, out drinking or, you know, anything like that, but even try testing it out maybe during the day because the truth is if you can, you know, do that, then you're going to start to build more trust with yourself and decrease the amount of fear that you have of, well, what's going to happen and what are the arrows going to say? And, um, am I causing, you know, complications for myself or whatnot, which takes us to the next one, number three, which is fear of out of range numbers, fear of complications and self-criticism. This is another one that I see comes up a lot. And this, you know, can come from kind of two different places. I've, you know, spoken to a lot of people who have this from, you know, they were newly diagnosed and they never let themselves get to that place of having those those higher numbers. And maybe they're in their like first year of diagnosis, maybe they're still honeymooning or whatnot, but they're afraid of like, well, when does that happen? Or like, what what's gonna happen if I'm low or if I'm high? And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's people who have had high A1Cs who have, you know, had a scare of going to the eye doctor and, you know, the doctor is like, hey, there's, you know, some problems starting up here. Like you better, you know, get your numbers into control. And then it's like, they live their life of like, okay, I literally cannot go, you know, above 150 and I'm just going to eat salads all day long and I'm so afraid, right? And neither one of those spectrums are good because we can't live our lives either with freedom and with that empowerment in either of those states. So I really believe that the root of this is it happens when we're not connected and like 
in our bodies and we're and when we're too much in our heads so that's why i'm a big fan of meditation or yoga anything that like gets you out of your head and into your body because when you can do that you can start realizing that the energy that you're spending on focusing of well, what is this doing to my body when I'm out of range? Or, oh my gosh, like what if I get these complications? Or, you know, criticizing yourself for I should have, you know, not eaten that. Why did I do that? I'm never doing that again. Like that's energy that can be spent in a totally different direction, which is, you know, not saying don't care about those things, but put it towards, hey, you know, I have to take it one day at a time. What is the best decision that I can make in this moment right now that is going to serve my future self? And that is the only thing that we really can control is the present moment. And so, you know, taking yourself out of the future, out of the past, really just living more in the present. Like I said, meditation is a really great way to do that. Journaling is a really good way to do that, but opening up and and filling up your toolbox with tools that can allow you to live in more empowerment and, and less of that place of fear because the damage that the blood sugar numbers may be doing from you on you for those out of range numbers, like you're doing damage with that mental health and that stress either way, because that stress may in fact even be causing your numbers to rise and, and have more insulin resistance in the first place. So, um, that is number three. Number four is what I like to call the spiral. Okay. This is the spiral without understanding why. So this is, you know, for the people who are saying like, I'm anxious about these future complications and I don't understand my A1C. I've been mindful, but my A1C has gotten worse than like last time when I feel like it should be better. Like I don't understand. And this one, I have a lot of, I mean, I have compassion for all of them, but this one specifically, I have a lot of compassion for or empathy because that's really hard where you feel like you're doing everything that you should and then your numbers are going up and they're not improving and so it feels like it's like well what am i even doing trying or like i don't understand like how am i if i'm trying like what does trying more look like and you know it just feels so out of your control right and so it's almost like if you were cooking pasta right this whole meal and you're like okay i'm following the steps i'm doing everything i think i should be doing and then you plate the food and then you go to take the first bite and the pasta is like still hard right and you're like what the heck like i i don't understand like what I did wrong or what I need to do next time. So um, the spiral happens from really like feeling like you don't have the education, you don't have the tools, you don't have that like base level just you know, toolbox to go off of to learn about your insulin sensitivity and your hormones and exercise and nutrition and all these different elements. So that really is the the key for that is that if that is the base of your anxiety and stress, it's like we got to get you to learn more about your body's patterns because that's that information, that blueprint is going to empower you to feel more like you're in the driver's seat. So that's the fourth one. And then the very last one, the thing that I think is most contributing to people's stress and anxiety is that doctors are rarely opening up space for a conversation on this. People, and I can tell you this because I've been coaching for over seven years and my job is to ask very specific questions and listen and get people to think in a different way. Um, People are rarely going to offer up information unless they are prompted. Right. And at diagnosis, uh, there are many doctors who will say, you know, we would love for you to see a nutritionist or a dietitian. And we'd also, you know, encourage you to see a, you know, a mental health professional. But like after the first, you know, couple of months, maybe a year if you're lucky, you kind of get pushed out of the nest. And for a lot of people, it becomes a like, 
it almost feels sometimes like you're an inconvenience to the healthcare system. I don't know if anybody else feels that, but I've been feeling like that lately and I've heard some people, you know, talk about that where it's like, I feel like I have my appointment, but like I'm an inconvenience to like their, you know, their their day because they're they're rushing through it and we're just there to like kind of like check the boxes. And that's not a space where you're gonna wanna go in feeling safe to say, hey, like I'm, you know, really struggling. I need help. Like I just I don't know why, but like my numbers, I'm constantly, you know, focusing on them or, you know, I'm avoiding looking at my numbers, maybe on the opposite end, like I'm avoiding because I, you know, feel so much shame when I see it. So I think that's like a root level problem, right? And and therefore we hold that in and we don't have a space and we don't have an outlet for it or maybe we the way we you know let that out is we talk about it to maybe our friends our partners our family but that conversation only goes so far because it often ends with I know it's a lot you're doing so good like give me a hug right and it's like that's not solving the roots of you know what you're really really dealing with and it's interesting with our coaching programs like like I, we always say it's like people come in for the numbers, but they leave saying the most, the number one thing that was transformed, like was their mindset that allowed more ease for like their goals with their blood sugars to come. So, you know, to, to recap here, like if you've ever struggled to lower your A1C or increase your time and range or just feel good with your diabetes when the only guidance that you've had to work off of was, hey, give more insulin if you're high or eat fewer carbs and exercise more, like you're not alone. And there are a lot of different angles that are contributing to probably the way that you're feeling. And if that's, you know, those things were all it took to keep our blood sugars in range and feel healthy and happy with diabetes, like we'd all be killing it, right? We'd all be able to, most of us, like follow those directions easily, check the boxes and then move on with our day. But it's just not that simple. So sustain managing your blood sugars, lowering or maintaining your A1C or feeling confident with T1D doesn't start with mastering the carb counts and workouts, but actually begins with stripping down your thoughts and watching them to nurture these fears and stresses that are blocking you from creating change. So like I said, I wanted this to be like short, simple, to the point episode. I hope that there's something that you could take away from it. Please send me a DM if you listened and let me know what your takeaway is. And I will say that because we've realized that this is such a prevalent challenge for people, we've actually started to create a brand new masterclass around this. So keep your eyes out. We'll be announcing it on September 22nd. And in the masterclass, we're going to be going over you know a lot of things, but specifically our coaching team's three main strategies to overcome blood sugar anxieties and reach your A1C goals if that is the thing that is blocking you. So thank you so much for listening today, guys. And do me a favor and go to the homepage of the podcast and rate and review it. And I will see you back here next week.